Hi guys, welcome to another episode of Wine Down Wednesday. It is your host, and like I mentioned last time, I'm saying it right, Itzel. And this is Wendy, but you already know my last name, so I'm not going to keep saying it. <laughs> and today we have something really special for you guys. Um, I'm going to intro him now because he deserves to be intro. The one and only Jeff Garrett. Woo! Can we add applauses when you edit? <laughs> <laughs> shout 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 i'm so excited i know i'm excited um we're gonna still do our own little thing our our, our normal intro where we do what we whine about but i do just want to say i've known jeff since middle school slash high school wait did you leave high school wait jeff you're not talking i don't hear you this is embarrassing Okay, I'll edit this out. Can you guys hear me now? Yes, we can. Oh my gosh, that's so ghetto. <laughs> so, this, is what, this, is why, this is why nobody invites me to shit because I don't know how to do fucking things right. <laughs> he is all the way in Arizona, guys. So we're doing a lot of this remotely right now. Jeez, unreal. Well, yeah, that, again, I didn't get to then when you guys intro me to say thank you. That, that didn't catch on my headphones. So. Again, thank you guys so much. Like, I'm, I'm so grateful for you guys having me on today. Of course. Thank you. You're the hotshot over there. Oh, You're please. like the important person Quit over there. <laughs> um, I have known Jeff, again, I think I said middle school. Yeah, eighth um, grade. Eighth grade, I moved to Cameroon. There we go. Eighth grade, I knew Mr. Jeffrey here. Mm. And so I'm excited really uh, to have him on. Little preview, this guy's a comedian. We'll see if he's actually funny. We'll find out soon. on like, stage and... <laughs> um but without further ado i'm not gonna start with my wine because i really don't know what i'm gonna whine about today but wendy if you want to tell me what you have to whine about this week okay so i definitely just want to put up um i want to let you guys know that we are still drinking and unfortunately oh, yeah, we weren't we were not able to send you some oh, <laughs> jeff believe but... me it is okay it is okay. He is actually. What are you drinking, Jeff? Because I know you're sipping so, on something. What you know what? Normally, I I know I, I'm kind of off theme. Normally, I would have enjoyed something like a, a nice wine, like a, a simple life or something like that. I'm a I'm a big fan of simple life. One of my favorites. Um, but I'm today pretend I'm I know what you're talking about. You you've never had a simple life? No. Oh, yeah, I'm like, man. That sounds this good. Of, this <laughs> might be one of the greatest like red blends I've ever had. Like it is so good. Like it is my go-to. If I go out to dinner and they have simple life, I'm all in getting a glass. Like it's not even up for debate. Like that is one of my favorite, favorite, favorite wines. Um, and now we're Oh, so you're bougie, bougie. Definitely. I'm, I will say when it comes to things like that, I do like uh some some of the nicer blends this one though is actually not bougie you can get this shit for like nine dollars a total wine or like bevmo or some shit like that you just gotta know where to go um but you're right speaking now, my language Thank yeah, you. see exactly but today uh i didn't make it to total wine and so uh i'm enjoying a nice dos Equis that i had in my fridge so hey at least you're drinking definitely yeah i stay on top of it me and <laughs> me and dos Equis, we got a great yeah. partnership me uh i think what was it like three years ago? Uh, my boy Trevor, uh, Trevor's in, you know, Trevor's in, uh, yes, his, I his 21st birthday. He, I went out with him and he was, he handed me a beer and he was like, You just got to try this. And I was like, All right, sure. And I drank it and I was like, This is fucking magical. What is this? And he was like, That's a Dosakis. <laughs> and ever since then, it's just been like a marriage. Like, me and Dosakis go hand in hand. <laughs> like, if I'm out, I'm probably drinking Dosakis. 
There you go. Now we know. Now we know yeah. we got to bring him a pack of those eggies when we see him. I'm saying. I know, I know, I know. Or maybe you can send us some. Who knows? <laughs> Whatever the deal is, I'll make it happen. Believe me. I'll make it happen, guys. Um, so the wine that we're drinking today is, uh, do you want to say it's right next to you? I know. I was going to say <laughs> I'll take this because I have it right here. Um, okay. I can't still can't pronounce it. And have I looked it up since last podcast? No, I haven't. But it's <laughs> Castello del Poggio. I don't know. It's an Italian wine. It's a smooth red. Ooh. Um, honestly, pretty good. I was kind of scared of this one. Um, cause I tend, I'm just such a sweet wine girl. Like I have not developed my, uh, palate for wine yet. So I tend to just go for those sweet white wines and this is actually a really good one. I'm enjoying it a lot. How do you feel, Wendy? I like it too. I mean, I, when you first said like it might be strong, I don't know. I was a little scared, but I, it's pretty sweet. And then I'll, I'm posting now, like, the pictures and what it has, so I'll definitely put that in. I know. Now you guys can see what we actually drink, and hopefully Mm -hmm. you guys can find a wine that you enjoy. I mean, we're not wine experts over here. Jeff sounds like he's ahead of us in that game. I'm not. You know what? I'm I'm a fucking poser, dude. Like, I just got into, like, some red wines. My girlfriend loves red wines, and I'm definitely, like, a sweet wine guy. Like, my dad would punch me in the throat if, like, I was out in public (laughs) drinking, like, white wines and shit. But they're so motherfucking good. And that's just, uh, that's a vibe right there. I got no shame about it. <laughs> All right. Moving forward. What are you going to whine about today? What are you whining about, Wendy? I'll let you go first, Jeff, since you are our... Oh, oh, she's so boy. nice. I'm the mean one. You know one. what? Check this out, man. So uh, I based on uh, based on my, on my own personal podcast, which nobody fucking listens to, And like the majority of my problems that nobody listens to, I'm going to continue on today. I can assure you guys, as well as the majority of the people that I know have no fucking clue what I'm talking about here. But there's actually something I'm really passionate about uh, within like the last uh, 24 hours or so. And that is the creation. I don't know if you guys saw just passing by that multiple European soccer clubs yesterday are starting a super league um in europe i saw you posted something yes so my main thing is it's all about money it's all about money they're taking the top clubs from um the majority of you know uh of the leagues in europe and they're forming a 15 team uh super league it's a midweek competition and essentially they're going to do a revenue share where everybody's going to get a large sum of money where they can essentially buy any player they want. And they're all going to be a part of this league. It's really going to destroy uh, domestic leagues, uh, leagues, you know, smaller leagues, things like that, because their best players are all going to get bought out by this major, by these major clubs. Um, the thing oh, that no. bothers me the most with it is the fact that uh, it's pretty much going to destroy Champions League and Europa League. Um, And what happens with Champions League and Europa League is everybody in Europe has a chance to be a part of this, no matter how big your club is or how small your club is. And with that, these smaller clubs really depend on these larger clubs coming to their stadiums and playing games so that they can build revenue so that people come to the restaurants for the people in the communities, the businesses get uh, or the local businesses are making money from tourists and things like that who come to watch these matches. And now that that's going to be eliminated, there's a lot of small communities throughout Europe who are directly going to be impacted and lose a significant amount of jobs, money, uh, just 
constant revenue in their own small towns uh, because of this league. It, it's one of those things where, you know, it's to me, my first thought isn't isn't football. It's it's automatically who's going to be impacted by this. And it's going to be the small people who, you know, who depend on these things in their community. That's crazy. So you're speaking my language. OK, as much. I mean, I love soccer. I think you know that, Jeff. Definitely. Um, but. I don't really watch European soccer. I do every once in a while. And then mm -hmm. like when it's the World Cup, like I know I know what teams I like. But that's like crazy to think about. That like, exactly. And it that direct impact exactly to the small communities that rely on this revenue for um tourists to come and like support them. Like exactly. I'm just shocked. That that's what I'm saying. I mean, it's it's so much bigger. It's one thing, you know, sports are a business, and I get that. And these club owners, you know, they want to make money, and I'm all for that. But like I said, it's the fact that there's going to be a lot of small communities who are going to be directly impacted by this. So many small businesses that depend on those teams coming every year to come play in their small town uh, and bring large number of tourists and business to their community. That Those are the ones who are really going to be impacted by it. So it's, it's definitely upsetting. That makes me sad. It is. It is. I'm sorry. I'm over here fucking up the vibes and shit. I'm <laughs> no, it's okay. But what'd you say, Wendy? Sorry, what'd you say? I'm like, when is this supposed to happen? I had no uh, idea. I'm gonna say they, they it got proposed yesterday. The teams confirmed that they were looking into starting it uh, yesterday, and I want to say they want to put it into effect as of 2022 and 2023. But uh, like UEFA and FIFA, they threaten players by saying like, hey, if you participate in this, like you're ineligible for World Cup, like. Uh, your team isn't going to be allowed to play in their domestic league, things like that. Like it's it's going to be interesting. I'm I'm really curious what the wow. outcome of all this is going to be. You know, fingers crossed. Um, these clubs come to their senses and realize this isn't uh, necessarily what's right. But uh, I'm definitely not too um, uh, optimistic about that. Wow. Well, honestly, I'm glad to hear that there's kind of like a pushback and like a penalty if you do participate in these types of things. Yeah. Definitely. What the heck? Definitely. <laughs> um, because. I hope that discourages them enough just because like when I think about soccer, like I think of it. Yeah. It's like, it's such a community sport. Like it's 100%. everyone coming together. So the fact that it's going to be just one giant super league, I don't know. That doesn't sit right with me. That doesn't like, I guess the foundation of soccer I grew up playing. I played for 14 years. Like See? that's not what it represents to me. Exactly. There's just a lack of integrity. There's no relegation, nothing like that. You could be mediocre and you just get to be a part of a league that just generates, you know, billions every year. And there's just no regulations on it. It's just like I said, it's, it's really sad to see uh, them do that to the game. That's it's definitely disappointing. That's insane. Well, now that you made me sad. I know. Right. I know. <laughs> For the rest of the podcast. Yeah. But anyway, sorry. No, guys, no, no. Shit. Nah, no. Nah, we bring real things to light here. We bring real <laughs> things to light. So we've had some real sad wines recently. <sighs> so you're not the only one. <laughs> I feel you. All right, Wendy. So my wine, I feel like I've talked about this before, mm -hmm. right? But I feel like we're still fighting it. Police brutality mm. is still such a big, huge impact in our life, especially because we're people of color. And just recently, like one of the one kid who's 13 years, 13 years old died. That was so heartbreaking for me. And like, I keep thinking, I'm like, what could I do? I keep asking myself, like, I'm in a new city where I feel like there's not a lot of protests going on here. And I'm like, I almost want to see, like, what could I do to start a protest or something? Because like, it breaks my heart what happened recently with the police killing like the kid and stuff. 
So I just wanted to whine about police because <laughs> I am so whine about these police. I like that. That was just the summary. You want to whine about these police, man. <laughs> the power they hold against our life and like I had to call my mom and said, like, you know what? Like, I need to talk to my brothers because they're young. They're 16 and 14. And it's just, it's a heart, it's heartbreaking that you could lose your kid in, like, a second. Definitely. And not lose him because, like, it was, you know, God or whoever you believe in. But lose him because of a gun. Because the people that are supposed to protect you are actually killing us. You know? I agree, Wendy. When I saw that... <sighs> Shit like that really like me up. Like I'm gonna be honest. Like it's hard for me to consume so much of that because and I mean I'm speaking out of privilege that I can at least turn that shit off and like go on about my day. And I'm very lucky that it hasn't affected me personally yet. But shit like that really affects me and brings me down. I used to be super obsessed on like staying up to date on every on every current event that was happening and it became honestly mentally toxic to myself um but when i saw that happen i was just like fuck and honestly now i know i'm gonna whine about um just because i feel like it's been back-to-back like terrible events happening and i honestly have that feeling of like shit starts opening up and like we already have a fucking mass shooting we already have all these like troubles that maybe we weren't seeing as often when the pandemic first hit and everything shut down come back to life and i'm like damn like we had all that time to sit and think to ourselves, how are we be better people? And shit starts opening up and it's be- the same things happening again. Mass shootings are taking place. Like all these horrific events are still taking place. And it's just kind of, I don't know. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It kind of saddens me. I don't know how it is over there in Arizona, but California, I mean, we just started reopening everything as mm-hmm. of recently. Um, so it does kind of, the correlation kind of feels like, damn, we opened this shit back up. And again, it's just, the ugliness didn't fade. We didn't work on anything. Um, we're I back to the you. same old shit that we, were, we that we were dealing with before. And like, I don't know. It's like, damn, when is this, when is this going to be enough? Yeah. No, I feel you. Yeah. Arizona, we never like, we never really shut down. Uh, Arizona, <laughs> we don't give a fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Arizona, Arizona don't give like a single fuck at all. Like we didn't do a damn thing. They're just like, oh, like wear a mask. That's it. They, that, was, that was it. They were just like, wear a mask. Like it was hella people uh, not trying to wear a mask. Um, the folks and the folks of Arizona, we're like uh, we're like Florida West, and so like it's, <laughs> it's an interesting place, man. It's a uh, Arizona is is it's a it's a wild place. I personally though, like I love it. Like this is this is by far. I've lived all over the country, and Arizona is by far just my favorite place in the world. Like I, it's just amazing to me out here. You have. I was going to mention you have lived everywhere, Jeff. Yes. Like one of the questions that we want to ask. Oh, yeah, no. I've been all over this fucking country, man. Like, uh, the West Coast is just me. Like, here, <laughs> Arizona, California, <laughs> Oregon, Washington, Hawaii. Like, I've, I've seen it all. So, but like I said, when it, when it comes to a place that I've really just, like, I call home, it's, it's definitely Arizona now. Like, I, I love it here. It's just, it's the greatest to me. Oh, that makes me happy for you. Um, Thank you. I wanted the peeps to know, since they don't really know you, um, mm-hmm. a little backstory of you. Like you mentioned, you've lived everywhere. I know when I met you, I knew you at least had lived in at least Bakersfield. I think you went to Hawaii. I don't know the whole story, but since mm-hmm. Wendy doesn't really know you, the people listening might not know you. Give us a little background about you, Jeff. Definitely. So I grew up uh, in East Bakersfield. Um, I've made a point to distinguish 
what part of Bakersfield I'm from now because Bakersfield as a whole is kind of a shit show. Uh, but East <laughs> Bakersfield, man, East Bakersfield's a unique place. It's a place uh, where there's a lot of culture. There's the best food in the city is definitely on the east side. Uh, some of the best people anywhere from the east side to downtown central Bakersfield area. That's just like the place to be everywhere else. I can't really speak for them and what they're on. Uh, but East Bakersfield, that's that's uh, that's home man. that's where I grew up. Um, and then I moved to uh, Arizona when I was boy, uh, 13 years old. Yeah, 13 years old. I moved to Arizona, lived here for a year. Um, and then we went back to California. My dad got a job. My stepdad got a job in California. Uh, and that's when I moved to Camarillo. Was there eighth grade to my sophomore year of high school and then moved to Hawaii for my junior, senior year. Was there. And as soon as college started, my family moved back out to Arizona. My stepdad's job moved him again. And then I did, uh, we did what, a year and a half out here after college? I moved out with my parents to Portland when my dad's job moved him there. And I said, fuck this rain and came back on to Arizona. And I've been here ever since. So 2017. Yeah. The end of the second half of 2017, I moved out here, August of 2017. I moved out here and I've been here since. Did that affect you like moving place to place? Or do you feel like maybe that's something that like, you grew and you learned from every place you went to? Um, the short answer for that is yes to both of those. Um, it definitely affected me. Uh, it's hard to, it's hard to be the new kid constantly. Like you're constantly having to be the new kid. It's definitely scary to make relationships because in the back of your mind, you know, like, ah, like this is probably going to have to end at some point. Like, move. yeah, like it's, this isn't something that's going to last forever. Uh, and so it was definitely difficult on me. It made it hard for me to, to form like, uh, I wouldn't say it made it hard for me, but it definitely made me wary about forming bonds with people because I was just, I knew, uh, you know, at the ages of, you know, 13, 14, 15, like if I leave here, it's not like I'm like fucking come see you guys or something, or you guys can come see me. Like, this is not like, the reality yeah. of it. And so uh, it definitely uh, impacted me a lot. At the same time, though, um, I've taken a lot of skills from it. I can communicate with people from just about any background. Um, I grew up in East Bakersfield, and anybody who's been there, it doesn't take long to tell that it's not, you know, the nicest place in the world. Um, there's tons of people who are living in <laughs> poverty uh, in East Bakersfield. It's just a, it's a simple concept. It's, it's not complex in any way. Um, even, uh, growing up, you know, when I moved to Camarillo, um, that was like a, like culture shock for me, like just to see, like, not, not even like, uh, man, not even like necessarily, I would say rich kids, but just kids who were just like, just had financial freedom. Like I knew that their parents yeah. could just do like whatever the fuck they wanted, like to go to school and like kids had like Audis and BMWs and shit. That was just like <laughs> the fucking wildest thing ever to me. And then like, if you just, when we're living in Camarillo, like you go up the hill to Thousand Oaks and they look at like the fucking Camarillo kids, like they're the fucking broke kids. And so that shit was just like beyond me. Like I'm telling you, like I oh just used to God. be like, I used to be so shook uh, when I first got there and just, the 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 way that kids live i remember i remember uh two girls that we had gone to school with i had bumped into them at the mall and they were like oh yeah like we're out here shopping and shit and uh they're like oh well i uh we gotta go home because we ran out of money i only had two hundred dollars for the day and i was like, the fuck? I was like my, my, my parents only got two hundred dollars for the month i'm not two hundred dollars nope. for the day like 
And that shit was beyond me. Like, I'm telling you, it was just. I only got $20, and that's only if, like, I behaved See? well. $20 for a week. So I had to squish that in. And plus, I had to take the bus. So I had to pay. Wendy for the grew bus. up in LA. Like, Ooh. Oh, okay, what part of LA are you from, Wendy? Yeah, I grew up in LA. Well, I grew up in uh, Koreatown, mm-hmm. so mid city. And then half of my life, I also grew up in South okay. Central. So I've been everywhere too. I went to school in East LA. So I understand the whole like movie situation, like not knowing where you're at. But LA is not far from where I live now. So I know, damn, I feel bad. I was like, oh yeah, East Bakersfield rough. She's like, I'm from South Central, East LA. <laughs> God, gosh, damn. <laughs> oh, that shit. <laughs> I have a question because since you mentioned, mm-hmm. right, you mentioned that, you know, you came to Camarillo, it was a, it was a culture shock mm-hmm. for you. And it so has um, had some experiences about, you know, like racism and stuff. Did you ever <laughs> face anything like that? Like anything that you're no, laughing? No, un- <laughs> unlimited shit. Camarillo, Camarillo is a fucking bubble, dude. Like these, like. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. There's so many people that I love in Camarillo. There's so many friends that I still have to this day, talk to, see, love, all that from Camarillo. But so many people in Camarillo live in this little ass bubble uh, between, you know, this hill and the ocean and just have no idea about the rest of the world are just ignorant to it all. Um, and, and, you know, are blissfully ignorant, genuinely. Like, I mean, I, I definitely wouldn't say that a lot of people are like, maliciously like racist but they say racist shit not knowing it's racist you know what i mean like they say shit and you're like oh like that's that's not the compliment you think it is you know what i mean like that's (laughs) really backhanded there and i dealt with it from the time i got there you know i had posted a tweet man probably like fuck what was it probably like a year or two ago i remember when i moved to camarillo my dad has uh like a a strong, my, my family lived in Louisiana for a bit, and my dad has a strong, it, it sounds Southern accent. And when I mm-hmm. moved to Camarillo, I, I mimic my father's voice a lot. You can, you if you sit me and my dad in a room together, we sound pretty similar with each other. And so I remember when I got there, people always used to make fun of me and laugh, not in like a malicious way, but again, just would bring attention to like, oh man, like you're real country, like the way you talk. And I was always conscious about it. And as I spent more time in Camarillo, I obviously kind of, you know, changed the way I spoke um, and was a lot more aware about it, uh, made a point to, you know, kind of fit in with the people there. And as soon as I did that, all of a sudden I was whitewashed and I was like, wait, what the fuck? Like, first I was like, first it was, oh no, you two country, like, and laugh. And now I talk like you guys and now I'm whitewashed. So like, but it was just like, I was never pleasing people. Like, I spent so much time trying to please people. And like I said, I should have just spent more time telling people to, like, suck my dick and, like, don't worry about what the fuck I got going on. Like, mind your own business. Like, take it or leave it. And I'd have been way happier because I felt like that was the case the entire time I was there. I was trying to fit in with so many kids uh, that I just really wasn't that, uh, you know, similar to. Yeah, but you don't know that at that age. So, like. Definitely. Yeah, I'm- no. No, not at all. I'm glad that it's like someone who understands. I mean, it's probably was way different for you. I mean, I grew up in Camarillo. I grew up in a different spot in Camarillo and then where I had moved. Me and Jeff actually mm-hmm. lived down the block from each other. Well, well, shout um, out Summerfield. I know Summerfield. Wow, memories. <laughs> um, but then we had moved we had moved to that house. And you are so right when you talk about we live in a uh bubble because 
that bubble girl i was i was blinded by it too i had no idea i was super ignorant to so many things i was ignorant enough to think that um people were going to treat me differently because of who i was or my race or just being mexican or whatever but it's true i was super conscious of how i spoke um mm -hmm. i actually was put into speech classes because my accent was too thick so that's like from the school putting me in those speech classes like my parents mm -hmm. not put, didn't put me in those um and then also just kind of subconsciously which we've talked about in previous episodes but like just kind of hiding who i was in a sense like like yeah. not being embarrassed when i was out with my mom and speaking spanish to her but i was consciously make making an effort like if people were looking at us speaking spanish to each other making an effort to like them respond and say something in english so they knew like I, oh, I know English. Like, it, I don't know. It's small things like that that you, that you really, oh my God, someone's yelling outside the window. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> but making conscious choices like that, and it's that I didn't realize. So, honestly, I didn't realize until my junior year of high school, I got called out. I don't, do you know Mr. Palazuelos? Of course. That's my guy. I, I talk to him to yeah. this day. To this day, I talk to him. Okay, Jeff, this is very embarrassing. I don't mean to bring it up right now because, it's very embarrassing for me. But do you remember when we were fighting or when there was like a little mini protest about like Dog, that guy I already know where you're going. I already know where you're going. <laughs> I already know where you're going. So go tell a story yourself. Tell a story. Okay. I, I told it briefly, I think, in a different episode too, I think, but there was a little protest going on because of this guy who supposedly got kicked out of this basketball game for wearing a USA banana. So mm -hmm. that's why I didn't know if Jeff was there or not. Uh, that was that was our sophomore year. Matter of fact, I remember it vividly. Oh. I remember it yes. vividly. So he got kicked out for the USA bandana. This is why I say it's embarrassing for me because again, it was my sophomore year, and then I got woken up because I I was completely in my bubble up until this point. But he got kicked out for the USA bandana. We were screaming USA, um, uh, a basketball game against a predominantly Mexican school, Real Mesa. They were our rivals. We were screaming USA. They started screaming Mexico. And it was just like this big old deal that we no longer can wear red, white, and blue. We can't wear like the bandana, the US flag bandana. And I was just, I was very confused. I was on the side of um, the whites in that situation. I was kind of confused. <laughs> and I was very confused. I'm like, wait, but like I'm Mexican-American. Like, and I even was sitting there confused. Like, why is Real Mesa like shouting Mexico back at us? Like, I just thought this is a thing we do at sporting events, like a, a very ignorant to my surroundings, not understanding. Like, again, I have a lot of love for Cameron, a lot of love for the people I grew up with. But yes, yeah, like there, there's an issue there that needs to be pointed out. And um, again, I was on their side. The next day, everyone everyone on social media was like, wear red, white, and blue tomorrow. Me being like, okay, well, I'm just trying to fit in with these kids. Okay, we mad about this. We mad about this. And then... Um, <laughs> with that even yeah, with knowing... That even, well, I'm going to reveal what I found out later, but we were there, right? And then I show up, I even go to the damn assembly. I'm like standing there. I even at stand the up. Flag pole. It was at the flagpole. You should have seen them, Wendy. Yes. They was, was Tiki Twitch we whitening it out there in front of the yes. flagpole. Hey, it's seven o'clock in the morning. Who got the time to do that shit at 7 a.m.? Are you joking? 7 a.m. acting racist? That's early. Bro. I'm so embarrassed. Anyways, so then we go, and then um, uh, we end up, all the people who are outside processing, uh, Mr., is his, what was his name, Mr. Lippman? Yes, 10 or 23, yes. my dog. He's like, all right, y'all mad, Let, oh, 10 or 23, I'm dead, go back. <laughs> <laughs> he used to say, like, do you want to act 10 or 23? And, like, do you want to be treated like a 10-year-old or like a 23-year-old? He would always say that. Anyways. 
he like walked mm-hmm. out. He's like, okay, you guys are all mad. Let's go to the let's go to the gym. We're gonna have an assembly, and we're there. And again, this is very embarrassing for me. I should not be exposing myself like this, but people already know. <laughs> I like even <laughs> I even stood up and like said something. I'm like, as a Mexican myself. <laughs> oh my. No, for real. <laughs> for real. Just trying to fit in with all these kids, right? Um, because I had a hard time. I had no self-confidence. I, my validation came from outside people my whole life. Um, so I'm there, right? And I'm like, yeah, as a Mexican myself. And I'm just like saying this whole speech and saying, like, I don't understand why we can't wear it. Like, I'm Mexican American. I'm proud of both sides of me. My parents came here from um, Mexico, like, literally doing the whole spiel, saying, like, they worked hard for me to be here. Like, I'm proud to be here. And then um, I'm, I'm going through school. I'm granted, I'm wearing white pants. I think I'm wearing like a blue shirt and like I have the bandana on. And then it's Mr. P's class. I think he's my fourth period. And I'm like sitting there and he's like, it's not where the hell are you wearing that bandana? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm sitting there confused, and I'm like, what do you mean? Like, and I'm a little embarrassed because he calls me out in front of the class, and I'm like, what do you mean? Like, uh, I don't think it's like I don't get it. I don't get what's what's the problem. I don't get what he what the whole fuss was about over a USA banana. And he sits there, and he looks at me, he's like, the whole class we didn't do anything. We talked about this the whole class, and he was hearing everyone's opinions. And he sat there, and he's like. Um, it's all your parents are from um, your parents are from Mexico, right? They're immigrants. I'm like, yeah, they are. And then he's like, did you know that they were planning to pass out green cards that game and like to hold them up because and basically shoving it in real Mesa's face to be like, oh, like y'all got green cards, like or you guys are immigrants or you guys, yeah, because it was a predominantly Mexican school. And as soon as he said that, I like shut up. I like took that bandana off. I was like sitting there like holding back tears the entire class do you remember stevie i think stevie was in my class that day probably and were you holding back tears because they called you out or were you holding back tears because you realized i was holding back tears because i think it all hit me in that moment and i was like i do not know these kids i go to school with i do not know these kids that i grew up with and i was like i did not think that would even be like a thought or something that people would do and so i was sitting there like just thoroughly embarrassed embarrassed yeah but i wendy my ass was in first period that day sitting the fuck (laughs) down minding my own business i was in spanish miss denny first period i was not with the (laughs) bullshit i was going on my motherfucking day i'm very glad you were not did not grow up as ignorant as i did yes it took me me to my sophomore year to be like oh were you upset, Jeff? Like during when all this was happening, were you like, I don't understand why we're fighting for this? We, uh, or were you just? Yeah, what's you know, it's one of those things. Um, um, it's one of those things. Like I wasn't gonna make like a like a statement. Like oh, like you racist motherfuckers. Like what the fuck am I gonna do? Like nobody gives a fuck what I got to say. Like and so again, I just went on. Like I, I know what my surroundings are. Like I'm I'm very for like you know, just uh, sitting there and letting people uh, show their true colors. Like, you, you give people a rope, they're going to hang themselves. And a lot of times, that's exactly what they did. Like like I said, that's that sums up Camarillo. Like, this, the, the again, a lot of times, I will say, like, it's, 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 it's racism fueled by genuine ignorance, where they actually, a lot of these kids don't know what they're doing is hurtful, but it's because they live in this bubble. Like, they live in this bubble between a hill and the beach and oh and on top of that too within the beach there's like this other wall like 
these are these uh here's oxnard and like don't go there that's like the fucking like elephant graveyard in lion king like never go there like and it's just like the people there are like menace fucking to society like never step foot in it like just make just make the most like worst out of these fucking people who are just part of a community again which which are uh predominantly minorities in that area and so it's just again just standard, oh, this is what we see from our little fucking lens right here in Camarillo, and we look out from, you know, our mountainside home and see with our telescope into Oxnard and just go, oh, no, like, just run away from there. Don't go near there. <laughs> I definitely agree with you, because when I first came, like, that was one of the things that they would tell me, like, Southnard, Oxnard is so ghetto, and I mean, mind you, I come from LA, <laughs> I know, like, I live the ghetto you know like I live in South Central I know what the ghetto is in a sense so I went checked it out and I was like oh this what you got <laughs> y'all call this ghetto what? I mean don't get me wrong I'm like I want South Oxnard like I'm not gonna be strolling in South Oxnard like I own the motherfucker like I got respect uh for the other people in their area I'm definitely not gonna slide through there acting like some tough guy like I'm not with it the people there are definitely tough but I think the question you have to ask is why? What kind of environment do these people come from where they have to watch out for themselves, protecting their community, where they have to be built tough uh, and aren't going to get pushed around because they're so used to that from these other people. They have to make a stand at some point. And again, I respect that. Uh, I will say I, I'll never forget my what was it, my freshman year. Uh, I played baseball my freshman year and we went to Channel Island. We played we played baseball at Channel Island that year. And I'll never forget when we got to the field, the other team came out throwing up gang signs. And when school got let out, there's a park right behind the baseball fields at Channel Island. There's a park right across the street and just a chain link fence in the outfield. And there's like cops that lined it that day. And I'll never forget the very next inning, my coach put me in left field. And all I could think was, I'm going to get fucking shot in left field today. I was like, I'm going to get fucking blasted on out here just trying to catch a fly ball. And I'm going to get smoked. Like, I was, I couldn't wait for that fucking game to be over. Like, I was like, yo, let's get the fuck up out of here. I'm dead. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we took a little uh, left turn there, talking about we had to reminisce a little bit about our childhood. Definitely. Um, but Jeff, you went to Arizona. You went to college out there, right? Yes, I've been in Arizona uh, since 2015. Like I said, I took a little six month, eight month break and lived in Portland for a little bit, um, mm -hmm. and then came right back out here. And so I'm like a fucking super duper uber senior at this point, like. I've been in so what forever. I really want to get to uh -huh. is you went to college mm -hmm. and somehow along that road, you're like, I'll be a comedian. I kind of want to know a little bit about that path. Did you go, what did you go to college for? Like, was this always your plan to be a comedian? So, uh, you know what, actually like, and not to fucking make some long story here, but you kind of have to start at the beginning. Like you have to start when I'm a kid. So I, I'm not going to be one to say like, oh, like I'm always just like, funny or something like that like i've always just been hilarious like how fucking people are all he has been they're like wow jeff you're just the funniest motherfucker ever no that's not okay it's like uh, uh when i was a kid i was definitely one who like i just always brought like joy to people like people always made me feel good told me you know i had talent told me i was I, that i made them smile and um it's just something i've carried with me forever my uh my grandfather my mom's dad 
he's one of the funniest people I know. My dad personally is definitely one of the funniest people I know. Uh, my stepdad is uh, is a big comedy fan. I mean, he's honestly like put me on to some of the biggest uh, comedy shows I've ever seen. Like, just I've I've. I've been entertained by comedy and jokes since I was a kid. I've been watching a Chappelle show. I started watching Chappelle show when I was like seven or eight, like way too young to be watching that shit. But I just, I've always had this love for comedy. Like that's just what it is. And uh, growing up, my mom's, my mom's boyfriend from when I was a kid, um, he uh, was one of the biggest DJs in my whole town. And he essentially did comedy on, on the air and he just talked shit for four hours every morning and everybody would listen to it. And so it's like a it's like a culmination of all these things that have like built me up. Like I'd be wrong to not give everybody credit. There's so many people who've So it wasn't like you just woke up definitely and said, not, oh, I want to no. be a comedian. It was like definitely, you were yeah, no, I've been infatuated with comedy since oh man, again, since I was a little kid. It's just been it's by far my favorite thing. Just to get a laugh. Uh, for to make other people laugh, for you to laugh, like that's just my favorite feeling. Like there's just nothing like that. And I've been telling myself I wanted to get into stand-up comedy uh, since I was a freshman in college. I um, I've talked to other comedians for years on end. That was what 2015. I got into college, so six years now I've been talking to comedians. Um, and I just never really had the bravery to do it. I think I was always afraid to kind of step out of that bubble um and fall like i mean that's that's most people um and this past what december um i i don't know what happened this past december but i was staying at home with my family for the holidays and just something one night just hit me um and i got to writing like i probably sat in bed at 2 30 in the morning and probably wrote until about 4 35 a.m that night um and was just real inspired, was just my thoughts were flowing that night. And I remember I left my parents' house with COVID and everything going on. I wasn't doing very good in school. It was really hard for me to go to class online. Um, I'm actually probably going to get suspended from school next semester because my grades are so bad. Uh, but nonetheless, I like I Woo! said, I knew, yeah, exactly. I knew like kind of this path that was happening. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like a super, I had an extra super on that senior this time. Like, and so I knew that, uh, you know, what was going on. And I decided to put my energy in something that I felt was going to fulfill me. And I remember leaving my mom's house that day. And I told myself, this is the first time I'm leaving my parents' house. And I have a plan. Like, I'm, I'm leaving here for something bigger. I already knew, I already knew when I left the house that I was going to be on stage at some point, um, that month, I, I knew that at whatever point I was going to get on stage that month. Um, and big shout out. One of the, one of the people who really put me on, um, is Eric Bernal, uh, who I reached out to first. This is a dude who won Arizona comedian of the year. Um, and when I messaged him, you know, your first thought is a lot of these people, it, it's really easy to get a big head when you have a lot of attention. I mean, you, you just won an award for, you know, being the best in your area. It's, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if you got a big head and he didn't, I messaged him and he told me exactly the places I needed to be at the places that I, uh, the people I needed to talk to. And, um, I, I would have uh, never, I would have never just even got on stage the first night had it not been for his direction. Um, and so for him to, uh, extend an arm like that and give me some guidance, um, I'm, I'm beyond grateful. Um, and that's really what put me on. I got on stage January 21st. 
Um, that very next Monday, I, or Sunday night, I posted my video of my show. And on Monday morning, Eric messaged me and said, hey, I have a show going on February. Uh, it was like the tw 21st of February, matter of fact. And he was like, I want you to open for us uh, that night. And so I was like, man, like literally on Thursday, I did the my very first set. And by Monday, I was opening up for the biggest comedian in the state. Uh, in, wow. In a month from then. And uh, I've just kind of been on the move from then. Uh, I had another show after that. I got booked with that same video um, through uh, another guy, another kid, Daniel Bridge Gad, another great comedian in the Valley. Um, I got put on with his show the very next month. And I'm doing, a matter of fact, I'm doing a show with him this Saturday. He has a, a big show going on at Pub Rock in Tempe or Scottsdale, technically. Um, it's going to be a great show. And then, of course, uh, Eric Bernal, he's shooting his comedy special on uh what is it may 15th and i'll be opening up for that that's uh gonna be a 700 people show and so it's just kind of like that's really what's got the ball moving like it like i said it's a culmination of so many things so many people have helped get me to this point uh through through means they wouldn't even know uh you know people who just kept me going um who just you know or gave me a meal one day uh it, it's really just allowed me to get here and you know i'm beyond grateful yeah it took courage i bet to send the message or did it um, not you know Were no you because like, that's one of the things that i I'm a, feel like i'm a big believer in i'm a big believer in the worst they're gonna say is no so like if i if i ask and you say no well i'm just back to where i started like i i literally lost nothing you know what i mean like there it's not like i could have gone backwards like it wasn't like oh man, like I'm already down at the fucking bottom and like now I'm going to ask you for help and you say no, like I, the bottom doesn't like dig a little deeper. No, I'm still at the fucking bottom. <laughs> and so there was only just an opportunity for growth there. I can't remember. I can't remember. Oh, you know what? I don't know. Do you guys know who Nardwar is? The He does like uh, hip hop. Uh, he does like hip hop interviews and stuff like that. Really? Okay, I'm the most... I don't know anybody. I'm going to just tell you that. Oh, this dude... <laughs> This dude is a goofy motherfucker. He's a, a Canadian dude, has just like the oddest fucking, uh, like, I don't know, act ever. You guys gotta check him out. And he did a TED talk. I don't know names, but if I you see might. pictures or if I see like audio, I'm like, oh yes, I know who you're talking about. And so maybe when I see that, like, and so like, Nardwar, oh, he, did a, he did a TED talk at, I wanna say it was his high school that he did a TED talk. And he said so many of his opportunities literally came from him just asking like he was like oh like people were like how did you get an interview with x y and z and he was like oh i, I just asked them if i could interview him and like they said yeah like he's like it's not like a complicated process like it's not some like fucking you know uh crazy uh plot line that you got to go through to get these opportunities he was like sometimes like just find a way to contact he was like maybe you know finding that contact is a little bit harder to find your way to those people he was like but at the end of the day if you get that opportunity like just ask because again, what's what's like what's gonna happen? Either they're gonna say yes and they're gonna give you some tools, or they're gonna say no and you're just back to where you started. So who fucking cares? You know what I'm saying? Honestly, Jeff, like I'm I so proud of you. Hearing that story like hyped me up in a sense. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, Jeff, you go get it, Jeff. Okay, your first stand up was in January of this year, right? Yeah, January twenty first. And now you are opening up from what I know. Yeah, oh, wait, you told us. Mm -hmm. You're opening up for a show that's going to be on a Netflix special. Like, 
Yeah, they're trying That's to sell it to huge. a big network. And so it's it's going to be massive. Like just the the opportunity is is just oh man, it's amazing. Like I uh I really can't believe it, man. Like uh what do you feel? Great. What do you feel right now? Like what do you feel not specifically in this moment, but when you knew that they said, "Okay, well this is going to be in a special." What what were you feeling? What were you going through? I was at dinner. Matter of fact, I was enjoying at? a glass of uh, Simple Life. Shout out. Maybe they give me hook, hook it up with a little sponsorship. <laughs> yeah, I was I was enjoying <laughs> a glass of Simple Life uh, on this fine Wednesday night when they call. Uh, no, but I uh, he turned was... on his uh, he turned on his commercial voice right now. <laughs> No, but it, I know. It was a. Uh, it was a uh, I was at a dinner with my girlfriend when I got the message, and um, immediately it was. At first, it was just like shock, like oh boy, like he was like, I need fifteen minutes from you, and I was like, oh man, I don't know if I could tell jokes for fucking fifteen minutes. Like that's a stretch right there. <laughs> and I, I, I. Wendy's yes, dying like, at the moment. Sorry, I know. Guys. Yeah, what happened to Wendy? Wendy like she was tired of this fucking story she was like all right enough of this motherfucker she's like i'm bored mm-hmm. no i think she's choking on some wine what the fuck like, how does this how does this happen yo if somebody started choking on wine in the middle of one of my shows i would be so mad i'll be like are you you couldn't choke at any other fucking time like you had to wait but when i'm now. speaking you're choking i'm saying yeah this whole time you had this whole fucking time that we've been on here to choke and you're like no 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 we don't wait till jeff's telling his nice inspirational story some of Bitch, man. Gosh, <laughs> damn it, Wendy. I was choking. I was listening to you, and I was laughing and choking. And <laughs> no, I'm glad you're okay because that would have been okay. That been a story I'm so right sorry. There. Like, just like, oh yeah, well, Wendy, uh, she's not gonna be uh, here with us any longer. She, we're just gonna be me and Adele the rest of the show. Like. <laughs> but. <laughs> No, I was interested in your story, and then I don't know what happened. Okay. No, you're good. So but, you know, I think uh, immediately I I just I kind of got overwhelmed with emotion. Um, I think about, you know, the where, where I started at. I think of all this just happened for me in the last few years, um, the places that I've been in the last few years. I'm big on uh, mental health. Um, and things like that. And I deal, um, I have a, I have an OCD disorder um, and I have anxiety, uh, really bad anxiety. And I deal with seasonal depression and it's, um, it's, it's easy to like fall into those traps and feel like you take on the identity of, you know, these things that you deal with. It's easy to belittle yourself and feel like you're less than compared to other people. Like something's wrong with you and, and things are okay with everybody else. And so, um, you know, yeah. dealing with that, dealing with being so far from my family, um, you know, uh, all the people that helped me out, uh, just like I said, just even getting me a meal. There's there's so many nights, um, you know, where I uh, I was ready to, to pack my shit up and go home. Like, I, I can't tell you how many nights that I sat in my room and cried uh, when I was out here uh, by myself. And was ready to just pack my shit up and go home, uh, you know, and go work uh, in a family business, things like that. Um, And the people around me, uh, especially, uh, like I mentioned earlier, my boy Trevor Zinn, um, he could probably tell, he probably can't even count the amount of times I showed up, you know, at his house at 3 a.m. teary eyed. Both him and his sister have answered the door for me at 3 a.m. and gave me a place to stay just because I didn't want to stay at home by myself that night or whatever the case may be. 
And those are the people, it's people like that that kept me going, that kept me out here. Because again, without them, um, I definitely, I would have, I would have just packed my shit in the car and went home and just, you know, said I tried and, and that was that. And, you know, I would have just, uh, just been another kid in Bakersfield and, and that would have been all for me. And, you know, oh. I'm so grateful for those people, uh, my friends, uh, my girlfriend, her family, um, you know, just so many people have helped me get to this point, uh, where again, I was just, I was all so many times I was ready to pack it up and go and they kept me going. They gave me, uh, you know, even if it was just a day at a time, they gave me like, Hey, you know what, just stay here for one more day. Um, and it was just constantly every day it was, Hey, maybe just one more day. And, uh, that was, the, that was the first thing that came to my mind is those people, um, who helped me get to this point because had they not pushed me and supported me, um, I wouldn't have opportunities like that. And, you know, every day, uh, every night that I get on stage, um, those, those same things go through my mind. Like I, I think about those people before my shows, um, who gave me this opportunity to even come to the shows. Um, I'm just, I'm so grateful for them. And I, and I want to make them proud. Um, especially, you know, my sisters, I've, I've always just taken pride. I have four younger sisters. Um, and I've always just taken so much pride in them and just wanted them to, to be proud of who I am and, and, you know, be able to tell people, you know, that's my brother, um, and, and be proud of it. And so that's, you know, that's just what keeps me going. That's, that's what, that's what got me here. I'm so grateful for it. And, you know, the plan is just to continue to build. Like, this is just, this is just the start. Um, and this is just, this is so, this is just a, a small step on the plans that I have. I have so much, uh, in my mind ready to go, um, that I'm, that I can't wait to, to give to people. It's going to be awesome. I just got to tell you that, like, listening to your story, I I just met you literally through this, um, you can say, interview and stuff. And it's so inspiring just because, like, I, I'm i the oldest, too. So I'm, I'm always like, Definitely. I just want to make my brothers proud. And, like, I want them to be proud of, like, the sister they have. But at the same time, it's like, you literally took, you know, you decided to take this road and, like, decided to pursue Definitely. your dream, basically, you know. And like that's something that it is difficult, especially if you're going to school. Like people say, like, you know, you can't leave school, you can't drop out, you gotta keep going till you finish and then boom. But you have other opportunities or you're thinking of other stuff that you wanna do. Like that's inspiring for you to like you pursue your dream and you're actually living your dream, maybe not where you wanna be and you're probably not where you want to end up, but like I'm thank you. No, it's I gonna happen it. for no, you, Jeff. I don't I know you, but it. thank you guys. Like you, you really don't know how much it means to me. Like I said, it's just it's a it's a great journey, man. I'm I'm having so much fun. I, I just had a talk with my aunt the other day and I said, look, man, I said school is it's bad. Like school is bad right now. I'm broke. Like I barely I got enough money to pay my bills and have some drinks on the weekends with my friends. And I'm having the fucking time of my life. I'm having so much fun right now. Like, it's it's amazing. Like, I am just over the moon. Like, when it when it comes to the joy that I have right now, it's just, it's bar none. I, I couldn't tell you the last time I've been this happy. That makes me so happy to hear, Jeff. Like, Jeff is, before he was like, uh, it's not like I've always been funny. This guy has always been funny. <laughs> He's always been a funny dude. Thank you. And <laughs> I've always known Jeff to be like, I'm talking to you in third person, like if you're not here, but um, <laughs> <laughs> he's always been, at least I've always known him to be such a good guy. And like, if anyone deserves this, it's you, you're going to make it. And no, I appreciate story, it. I, of course. And again, I find it super inspiring. Like 
again i saw when you first posted your first uh like stand up and i was mm-hmm. like oh my god like he's doing the damn thing <laughs> and he got up on stage like that's intimidating yeah, and then when i saw you shit. do that yeah and i saw you do that and you were and then you kept like doing shows after shows i saw you promoting your shows i was like oh my god like to me honestly okay i mean I'm like, Jeff made it. He's a big dog out here. <laughs> far from, far from, but we are definitely, uh, we're definitely pushing for it. Can I tell you a little, can I tell you a little story of like when we were thinking, so we made our uh-huh. calendar for the, for the month, right? And we wanted, Man, you're I'm literally grateful. our first guest. Like this is, <laughs> you know, so, um, it's, so I was so nervous <laughs> to text you because we know that you're going to come out on Netflix. So she was like, you know, I don't think he's going to reply to me, but whatever it takes, we're just going to ask. And you were, you right away said yes. We were like, oh <laughs> no, God, never, so no. Nice I mean, honestly, like I, I was just, I was grateful that you guys would even consider me for something like that. Like I'm, I'm far from big headed. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm, what I'm doing is small. I, if anything, what I'm doing is just having fun. Like I'm just enjoying something. Like it's not like a job to me. It's not, you know, it's not even a hobby. Like I'm just, I'm just being me. Like someone hands me a mic and I act like myself on stage for 10, 15 minutes. And so it's never something like that. And, uh, you know, again, um, I, I never want to be in a, in a spot, no matter how large I can get through this. Um, I never want to be in a spot where like people feel like, oh, like they can't connect to me or like I can't connect to them or I'm not gonna, you know, respond. Like I'm just a normal fucking dude. Like I'm just a regular ass guy. I am not anything special. Um, you know, I I am here because other people who are on a platform gave me an opportunity because they weren't big headed. They uh, you know, put that olive branch out there and gave me some direction. And if I can do anything like that and connect with people and create with other creators, um, that's that's what I love doing. Like just to, to be a creative is so special and, and to see other people who have minds that work in the same way, who are constantly trying to come up with something or constantly looking at things from a different angle. Uh, it's beautiful. I have a blast with it. And I, like I said, I just, I love connecting with people who have a vision or are creating something or building something. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. It's crazy. Like, well, I never saw myself in the creative space whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And thanks to Wendy, she's like, girl, I, I want to start doing something to like, that actually has to do with my goals or my dreams and aspirations in life. She's like, will you do this podcast with me? Cause me oh, and see? Wendy can talk for hours. Yeah. Me and Wendy can talk for hours and it never, we, we can't ever stop actually. That's our issue. <laughs> 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 so it, it was, I don't know. It's just great to see you too. Like, and it's super inspiring to see that you started in January. We're now in April, like, yeah. and you already are achieving so many great things. And like, Again, like I said, this is this is meant for you. Like I, I, I know you'll get far in life with this, and wh- whatever, whatever, wherever life takes you, um, I know you're gonna be great at it. Just because you're a great person, no, so I I'm, it. I'm, of course, I'm excited to see where this journey takes you. But again, like you took that risk, and I think that's the inspiring part is that you're like, fuck it, my grade's not doing so hot right now. I hate the pandemic. I hate that I have to do online school. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me invest my time in something that's worthwhile, and I think that. I can relate to that when it comes to the podcast. It takes a lot of time. I do have my regular nine to five where I'm working 40 hours a week and like um, taking the extra time to like do this podcast. So it kind of, if anything, inspires me a lot to be like, wow, like Jeff's doing it. I know Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm like, when, when I even, when I even saw that you guys had a podcast, like I just, I thought that was so cool. Like, just like I said, to see other people from that I know that, that I grew up with, uh, it's just so exciting to see it 
uh, us connect uh, on a space where, you know, we have something in common. Like I said, for so long, I felt like I was trying to fit in with people. And now I'm finding people that I just, I naturally fit in with. I'm not trying to fit, you know, uh, square pegs and, and round holes and whatnot. Preach. It's just, you know, me getting to to find people who I can connect with genuinely and have the same ideas as, or similar ideas as, or even different ones and ideas that we can blend together. Uh, it's, it's exciting, man. It's, it's just so cool to see people come. Uh, I've seen people, you know, from the craziest backgrounds, uh, connect with me on this scale. I've, I connect with people from, you know, beyond wealthy families. I come, I connect with people from, you know, who have nothing, who, come from some of the most extreme cases of poverty and just to find a common ground where we all feel the same is it's awesome. What would you be, what would you say would be like your next step or something um, that you see yourself? Like if somebody had told you, I mean, if somebody had told you maybe last year, you're going to be on a Netflix show, you're going to be, you know, opening, would you have believed that? And then, now would you say what would be like something that you would love to do but like i you're gonna be working um, on man i wouldn't i wouldn't assume that i would be here i definitely if you would have told me last year like oh man like you'll get on stage like you're gonna muster up that courage to get on stage and finally go after it i could see that i've always wanted to that's always been like the the goal like i wanted to get on the stage and do my thing and so that is definitely believable to me um, where I'm at right now, I, I can't believe where I'm at right now. Like, if you would have told me in, on January 21st when I got on stage that night, if you told me that what I'd be doing right now uh, was going to happen, I'd be like, get the fuck out of here. Like, there's just, that's not how things work. Like, that's just not how it happens. And, you know, not to be like, not like in like a cocky sense or anything like that, but like, I, I bump into dudes at shows and... I'm like, oh man, like, uh, how, how do these shows normally go? And they're like, oh man, like, I don't know, this is my first show. And I'd be like, oh shit, like me too. I'd be like, how long have you done this? And be like, oh, I've been doing this for three years. And they're like, how long have you been doing this? I'd be like, oh, like six weeks. <laughs> like, and people are like, <laughs> looking at me like, what the fuck? Like, and so I, uh, it's, it's odd. Don't believe me. Like, it's, it's definitely odd. Like, and I, I definitely felt a place like, um, but I'm grateful for these people who are giving me the opportunity to for comedians to go out and book me for their shows with fucking just about no experience is insane. Like just for them to take a reach on me like that is just I'm so grateful for it. Like I said, with that, without the people that, you know, support me um, and um, the people that without the people support me, I, I just I genuinely couldn't be here. Like, it's just impossible. It would never happen. And uh, I'm just so grateful. And you know, hopefully going forward, um, I'm probably after this uh, show on the 15th, I'm going to take some time uh, away from it. I've actually, uh, I haven't been on stage in a little bit over a month, actually, um, just because I feel like I'm kind of, I've compared it to like a, like a, like a stairs and elevator concept. I feel like uh, when you take the elevator, which is what I feel like I've been on in this short amount of time, you miss a lot of things that those stairs teach you. You know what I mean? Uh, it's no different than actually working out. I mean, the, the guy who took the stairs to the top of the building is going to be in much better shape than the guy who took the elevator up the building. And so I feel like I've missed a lot of those steps and I want to go back and kind of like get back into it, um, you know, and really get like an understanding. Um, one of the things like I deal with, like in the short amount of time, like I, I 
get asked to go on a lot of shows and whatnot, like to do a lot of shows. And I'm like, fuck, dude, like I got like two months of jokes. Like other people get on stage all the time and like they've been doing this shit for like three years. Like there's only so much I could write like in fucking two months. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's just that's just the reality of it. And so I just felt yeah. like I was stretching myself thin. I'm never one of those people. I have, you know, my friends and stuff who come to my shows and they support me fucking endlessly. And I'm so grateful for them. And I feel like I owe them something different than the same fucking show every two weeks. You know what I mean? They, they hear, they deserve to hear different jokes. They don't, they shouldn't have to come to my show and hear the same exact fucking jokes night after night, after night, after night. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) it's not fun for them and it's not fun for me. I don't want to tell Joe. It's different when I tell jokes that I've told before and it's to people I know haven't heard them. And it's different when I tell people jokes that I know they've heard a joke and I've told it a thousand fucking times. Like, it's just not fun anymore. Like, again, if you, if Itzel told me the same fucking story every day, I'd be like, all right, nigga, I know. Like, I would just tell the Shut story. Shut up. Itzel, like, yeah. Like, it's just fucking, it gets old, bro. And on top of that, like, I'm paying money to hear you tell me the fucking story. Like, it's just like, it's not fun for anybody. And so I never want to be that dude who's like, who's like fucking the crowd over just to get paid. Like, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm never going to do, I'm never going to short sell my crowd and half ass it and give them the same shit they've heard over and over just so I can get a check at the end of the night. I'm, I'm not interested in yeah. doing that. I, anytime I get on stage, I feel like, you know, I'm grateful for the people who come out, uh, friends and strangers who come to the show and I want to give them my best because that's what they deserve. They, they came to my show and I owe them a product at, at the end of the night. And that just shows that like you're like your pursuit and like your 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 dream like you definitely, have I, I a passion basically because you're not there just for the money you're not there just like to get paid you're really there because you're happy with it and like you said I want to be in a place like in the future where it doesn't feel like I'm doing I'm you know exactly. making money and it's like it's a job. You know I want to be there and exactly. it's like it's fun like I'm here just to have fun. Agree more. You know and so yeah it's. It's definitely, so that is like the, that is just like the path I'm following right now. Like I said, I want to get back to it. Last week, my ass got humbled. I did a show. What was it? I did a, I did an open mic Thursday night and it was fucking crickets in that bitch. Them motherfuckers oh, no. was silent. Ask. Oh, it was silent, boy. And I got off on the stage, got my keys and went the fuck home. And it like, they will humble that ass quick. Comedy is the motherfucking ego tester boy that shit will fucking <laughs> put you through it like i'm telling you if you think you got an ego if, if you think you the top dog bro hop on that stage and tell me how it goes and how you feel after because again i've had shows where motherfuckers are on the floor falling out their chairs want to come talk to me after the show and it's easy to get big-headed and feel like oh like i'm fucking doing it and then i go to a club <laughs> and nobody laughs and you'd be like oh shit like Maybe I'm not that fucking good. Like, it, they, the crowd will humble your ass. It's it's good, man. Did you cut it short, or did you stay there for the whole hour? Oh yeah. So it was when they weren't five, laughing, it was an open mic that I had gone to, and so it's a quick five minute set. And I think I probably got off stage at like three minutes thirty seconds. Like nobody was laughing at all. Like it was. <laughs> It was fucking quiet in that bitch. You could fuck. You could hear a rat pissing on cotton in that motherfucker. It was quiet. <laughs> it was quiet. I know. I was gonna. I was actually gonna ask you, like, if you had experienced that, but you answered that for me. Oh yeah. How did you feel after that, that night? I so I bombed. The first time I bombed was my my second set. I bombed my second set, and 
I um I thankfully had like a that Eric had already called me about the show um that week prior. And so had it not been for that, I would have probably been like, damn, I don't know if these fucking jokes are that good. Because <laughs> I uh I definitely did not have the confidence that night. Uh it's one of those things where I mean, like I said, it's I, I compare stand-up comedy to like one night stands. Like it, you know. It, we hang out. We don't know each other. We just met. We're going to have some drinks. We're going to laugh, tell some jokes. It's probably only going to last like five, ten minutes. And, you know, <laughs> fucking, if it goes bad, who the fuck cares? Like, I'm never going to see you again. So, like, oh, well, if it goes great, awesome. Like, we just go home and slip back into our fucking crippling depression. And, it's like, it's just whatever. So, you know, like, it's it's no different. And so that's just the fucking, it, it. Comedy is humbling, boy. It is it'll humble yeah. that ass quick. But it's not like it's not that big of a deal. Like the dude, like I, I one of my favorite comedians is Hannibal Burris, and he talked about bombing and he was like, like, what happens if you bomb? Like again, like what does it do? Like if you bomb like also like 15, 30, 20 people think you fucking suck at comedy. Oh well. Like yeah. a lot more than like yo, when you I'm tell glad jokes, you don't let it yeah i'm glad you don't let it discourage you because i guess it's true when you do take on something like this like it is hard if if maybe you're not doing as well as you would like to be like even when i think about our podcast like Mm -hmm. if we're not getting the views or if it's at least not increasing week by week it's like oh like you know it can get that feeling of like oh no like is this the right path are we are we (laughs) doing the right thing no definitely when we started when we started we had no schedule like we were not like on it and like we had no idea what the hell we were doing. So it was very much like the first podcast, I think, got a lot of like great praise. Mm-hmm. Um, someone that we know shouted, shouted us out to um, a podcast that's very popular that we both enjoy. That, okay. And they posted us on their story. And so oh, we got wow, a lot of see. new views. And we were like, oh, my God, like, this is the right thing to do. This meant for us. And then, like, the next few we posted, I'm like, no one's watching. Oh, like- <laughs> no. I feel you. Believe me. It's, it's so, like that, it- man. That creative, when, you, when you're when you a creative, man, you're going to run into those spaces. And it's, you know, it's natural. Yeah. You just got to. You just got to keep it moving, man. You can't, uh, again, like, you, I, I don't do this for uh, money, for um, fame, anything like that. I do it because it's something that I just love. And thankfully, other people love it too and you know you just got to keep that headspace that you guys are doing something that you guys enjoy it's something that you guys love it's two friends who you know have found a space where you guys can come together and create with one another and that's what it's about you know and and when people i feel like when people know that you're trying to sell them something they're not interested nobody wants to buy from the fucking guy who came and knocked on your door because you know he's trying to sell you something you know what i mean Mm -hmm. but when you see somebody who just has a genuine passion for their art or their work whatever the case may be um, you become invested in it too, because you know that, Hey, they're not in it for the wrong reasons. They're not in it, you know, for the money, the fame, whatever. They're just, they're just doing what they love and you want to support them when they see that. And so if, if you guys continue to stay in that headspace and you guys continue to, um, work on what you guys have going on here, which is something great. I mean, the chemistry between you guys, both, uh, from the episodes I've watched from today are, uh, you know, it's, it's just great. And that's going to radiate, uh, off the podcast, people are going to pick that up and they're going to want to support yeah. it just because they know that you guys have a passion for it. No, I appreciate that, Jeff. I think I know I, I was going to say, oh, I think that's really good advice because if you are a creative creator, you are trying to join um, or do something that is more of a passion of yours, you are going to experience those lows, you are going to bomb one night, or you are going to notice that things aren't picking up the way you want it to. So 
Um, I think that's yes, great indeed. advice for anyone who maybe wants to step into the same space as you or gets inspired by your story listening today. Um, I think that's great advice. You, great advice you just said. No, definitely. I Wendy, I think it. you're going to add something. Yeah, go ahead, please. No, I was just going to say thank you. And then I was going to ask you, is there any like any more advice that you would give anybody that's listening and that wants to pursue their, their dream, but is so scared? I feel like, what would you say to that? Or what uh, would you say man, to a little kid? You know, so those are, I, I would actually split those up into two questions. Um, the little kid and me, if I go back to, uh, you know, Jeff, uh, East Bakersfield, Jeff, living with my mom in a one bedroom apartment, um, where I slept on a couch and, uh, you know, it was simple. I would just say to, uh, enjoy the process, trust the process and, uh, continue to, uh, praise the Lord. Um, you know, I, I grew up, uh, Catholic and I get, man, it's so odd, like to just come off, like say all these vulgar words and like, people never like <laughs> assume that like, I am like a religious person. Like it just, it, people just are always like, just so taken back by the idea that I worship somebody. But, you know, uh, I, I don't know um, who it is that everybody worships. Uh, personally, I'm Christian. I grew up Catholic. Um, and I, I, um, I, I wouldn't necessarily say that I, you know, am a part of all the views that come with Christianity. Um, but I am, I am a son of God. Um, and I do believe in, uh, in his son, Jesus Christ, uh, as our savior. And I, uh, I've put so much of my thoughts in the morning. I try uh, to get up and anytime, just about every day when I get up and I get in the car, I uh, will go and pray. That's like usually one of the first things I'll do. Um, and some people, you know, some people call it manifesting. Uh, personally, again, as a Christian, <laughs> I just call it prayer. To me, it's no different. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just about who, you know, you, I guess you're saying it too. Um, but, you know, I've, I've asked God for this uh, for months on end. Um, one of my best friends, uh, it's L, you know, I'm Garen Rogers. He lives out mm -hmm. here now. And he came to one of my shows and I said, I, I told him, man, uh, you know, all this is happening because I asked God for it because I stayed true. I worshiped him. I praised him. And I asked again, it's, it's all about asking, uh, for, for these opportunities. And I'm so grateful, um, for the opportunities that he gives me again, uh, every day. Um, I'm just beyond blessed to, to get to do something that I love to, be in a space where I have so many people who support and love me and are giving me these opportunities. Um, and, and it's all because of him. I give all glory to God. Um, and I'm so grateful. Um, and I would just encourage people again. I, I don't know who it is that, you know, you may believe in, um, but put it out there, put your dreams out there and know that it's a reality. Um, and even if you don't, uh, again, if, if you're in it for the fame and the fortune, it's not, I, I can't assure you it's going to work. There's definitely people um, who are in it for fame and fortune and they get that. Sure. Like, I, I don't disagree. There's people who, you know, they're, they're the exception, not the rule though. Mm. And you just stick to what you love. I mean, if, if you're enjoying it, that's all that matters, man. Like I said, I, I do this because I have fun with it. It makes me happy. Um, it makes the people around me happy. And that's what I get some of the most joy out of is making other people happy. And it's just, it's, it's a blast, man. Like I'm, I'm just so grateful for it. That's beautiful, Jeff. I love that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, I don't know, Wendy, if you have anything to add, but I think that's like a really great note to leave off. If I can, I swear to God, Jeff, I can talk to you 
for hours, I think. Like, this is the I know, you know, be careful, because I'll talk, you ask my girlfriend, I'll talk to you guys' <laughs> motherfucking hair off. She's, like, fed up. Like, the idea that I was going to talk to somebody else today and not have her she's listen like, to please. all my fucking stuff. Yeah, she's like, oh, awesome. Like, I had to borrow her headphones. She was like, no, please take them. Like, she was like, take the headphones. Like, whatever you need. Like, go talk. Go talk to other people. Like, I beg you. Like, and so... I, uh, no, it's, it's, uh, if you let me, I'll fucking, I'll go on for hours on end. We're definitely gonna have to do this again. I had a blast today. No, I, I would love to come and like have you again and we can talk about mental health. Cause that's something we've, like, I've been telling it. So I'm like, mental health is so real. And I think it's just people definitely. are actually open to talk about it now. And back then it's like, but definitely yeah, that no, is one would, thing I that we would love, love to talk of to course, you about. Go ahead, I have it. one quick question though. Um, I'm very like into uh-huh. uh, zodiac signs and stuff. <laughs> I just wanna I wanna guess. I oh, wanna shit. guess this your zodiac this sounds, sign right now. This sounds crazy now. right here. I, I feel like I'm like on a game show or something. We're gonna guess the zodiac. This is tight. <laughs> I feel like based on like what you've um like how do you you put yourself out, I wanna see you're a Leo. But since you're very creative, I don't know why I'm feeling like you're a Pisces. Man, are you so uh, like, am you, I are, so are, wrong? Are you, like, uh, you like pretty invested in like um what is it? astrology, is that what it's called? Is that what it's called? You're pretty invested in astrology? Yeah. What do you do for work? <laughs> like yes. what is your actual like your day job? Oh, you work at I work Starbucks. At Star- I work at Starbucks. Man, well, I will say, what like what what kind of goals yeah. do you have? What do you want to do like eventually? Where do you, what do you want to get to? Why is he avoiding it? No, no, I'm just, I'm just wait. I'm are you asking, reading me? Asking. I'm just asking, Wendy. Just you ask me some questions. I want to ask some questions too. It, wait, what it was, was okay. like? Okay, what's what the, was like? What, what do you want to be? Like, what what is question? like the just when you think in your mind? Oh, I would love to do this. What is it? So I would I want to say that half of me wants to be uh, okay. a co-host at a television show, but then another part of me really wants to help out people. So I would love to work with women. I like that. And That's beautiful. Women. So none of them though involve uh, involve astrology, right? Okay, good. It's a hobby. You're wrong as fuck. Oh. I'm, I'm, neither, <laughs> I'm neither one of those. I was yeah. I was just making sure. I was like, boy, don't. Don't put all your chips in the astrology basket, Wendy. Maybe maybe we should go a different direction in astrology. Because then, man, oh, those was off. Those was off. Pisces and Leo? Pisces and Leo, Wendy? What are you? I'm a Libra. I'm a Libra. Are you okay? three strikes, Wendy. You took three guesses. It was wrong each one. I'm a Libra. Oh my God, you're a Libra? I'm not gonna lie, I don't know much about Libra, so I don't know. I don't know either, but I know when the fuck Wendy was guessing. I tell you that much. Wendy was just fucking. Wendy got an astrology calendar. I don't know. Maybe have to pasta noodles on the motherfuckers, and with that one, she was like, "Uh, Leo, uh, Cancer, Pisces, like just fucking guessing." Like, (laughs) you try, Wendy. Girl, you try. I'm gonna hype you up. You try, girl. (laughs) I know. Thank you. Thank you. Oh God, this was a fun one, guys. I, again, Jeff, <laughs> shout out to you. I appreciate you. Um, no, you thank you guys. Honestly, today. I'm so grateful. 
thank no thank you honestly thank you for your time thank you for you know talking to us and being so real and outspoken and we're gonna have to do like a catch up with jess later on saying hi a hundred percent yeah no we're gonna make it happen guys this was this was a blast thank you guys so much for before i let you go fully i mean Uh i want you to do a little promo of yourself where can they follow you where they can where can they see you if you do shows what's the best way to find that boom boom all right check me out so (laughs) your boy jeff garrett jr you can uh, catch me on Instagram at jgarrett, that's two R's, two T's, G-A-R-R-E-T-T, Ooh. underscore I-I, like two I's, the letter I, the second. Um, on Twitter, you can find me at jgspeaks7. I'm not going to lie, I'm extremely vulgar and political on there, so if you're not trying to hear that bullshit, I True. would suggest uh, you get on there, because uh, I say some fucking wild shit, like just <laughs> out of the left field just vulgarities so um just be wary uh instagram i'm definitely a lot more mild um i have shows on the 24th with uh dbg and friends i'm one of the friends uh and i'll be there uh i'll be there april 24th this upcoming saturday at pub rock in scottsdale and then of course uh may 15th i'll be opening up for eric bernal's comedy special at Gila River Hotel. So be there. Check us out. You can find tickets to uh, my show on the 24th in my Instagram bio. And if you hit me up, uh, we'll make something happen for those tickets on May 15th. Yay. We're going to have to make it out to a show one day, Wendy. Come on. Let's do it. I know. I was literally thinking that well, I'm like, like, maybe what, one day we can just, you know, drive. We're an Oxnard. Both of us are an Oxnard. Okay. So what? That's like, uh, that's like, uh, like five hours. Uh, you hear his voice crack us up. It's an hour, <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's a hour flight. If you book out, uh, you know, in advance, you can get some good prices. We'll make it happen. We'll make it happen, Jeff. Yeah, no. We're going we're gonna to do something. And hopefully, hopefully when the world opens back up, I'm going to be able to start doing, like, California shows and shit like that. Like, I want to I wanna make it a point to get out there, too. So, Yes, please. <laughs> all right, guys. Make it happen. That's all for me. I'm going to say bye. You guys can say your goodbyes.